This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to Speed City. Live from Austin, Texas, 30 days away from the Formula One United States Grand Prix right here in our little town, Les Kaiser. Boom chakalaka. Boom chakalaka. Uh, that's a good little precursor to something we're going to yeah, play later tuned. in the show. Uh, Find out who sang those words. <laughs> this John Massengill, that's Les Kaiser. Jonathan Green is off this week. He's doing a little vacation. Actual just... Get away, get on a plane, and not... He goes to all these cool places, and he still needs a vacation? Uh, yep. Where do I get that job? Yes, sir All right, so let's talk about what we're going to talk about. We're going to have um, we're gonna a lot of Formula One discussion. Uh, we got the week off Formula One this week, but we're going to talk some Formula One. We're going to talk MotoGP, because Aragon, Aragon was the race this morning, early, and awesome race, because... Uh, as you'll hear, Valentino Rossi was back in action. Twenty-three days, snap a leg in half. In two places, he broke his leg. Yeah. So we're going to talk a lot about that, and we uh, are really one of the most exciting things today. We're going to have Jeremy Shaw on the show at about seven thirty, and Jeremy is one of those patriarchs of motorsports broadcasting. He's been around for a long time and has been on the show a bunch. He's actually calling IMSA today as we speak finishing up out there and he is he's what he's really uh what probably most claim to fame is that he's the founder of the team usa scholarship helping young americans in race uh, get started in racing and he's been doing that since 1990 and and to top it off one of his students won the indycar championship last mm-hmm. weekend joseph newgarden we know that guy and, and we actually had an interview with joseph newgarden that we did right after the race last weekend but since we were on the air uh, while the race was on, we didn't get to play that interview. So we're going to play that interview or a, a good bit of it um, before Jeremy comes on because that'll kind of be a nice lead in to Jeremy because he he was, uh, you know, he he knew Joseph Newgarden when, back when he was just a little teenager. I think he started with Jeremy, I mean, with uh, Joseph Newgarden when he was 17 years old. So Jeremy's going to come on. And Les Kaiser went up to do uh, to the Dallas Fort Worth area yesterday for the flat track racing. We're going to talk about that. Absolutely, it was it was a great show put on by Indian, the uh, Lone Star National Half Mile first time at the Texas Motor Speedway dirt track. That's very cool, and they're and they're going to replay that on NBC. Uh, I think it's whatever the twenty eighth is coming up. Right, uh, it'll be this week later on. So yeah, uh, definitely check that out. I it was. Uh, it was really entertaining. I saw a lot of familiar faces there too, so it was really cool to see folks I knew uh, that you know were at the MotoGP races here. Yeah, like Kevin Schwantz and, and some other folks. Yeah, right? yeah, Kevin was there. Uh, there were, there's quite a few. You know, the Texas Motorcycle Academy. Uh, saw some of their instructors there. Awesome. I uh, saw boot camp people there, but uh, yeah, we'll get into that shortly. All right, so let's. We're going to start off with Formula One because 
We're going to take advantage of this week off and talk about a couple of little uh, aspects of Formula One, go a little more in-depth than, rather than just talking about the, the, the past weekend's race. And I'm going to start off with something I want to talk about, and that is some of the changes in Formula One since it's owned by a United States-owned company, Liberty Media. And, of course, just a quick background on Liberty Media, they are an American company, and they purchased a controlling interest in Formula One late last year. And Liberty Media is, is composed of several companies. They own, for example, they own uh, the Atlanta Braves, they own the Discovery Channel, and they also own, and, and, in, and I say own, they're either some or a controlling interest in all of, either all or a controlling interest in all these companies, and of course, Sirius XM. So they are well known. John Malone is the CEO, and of course, Chase Carey is the CEO of the Formula One division. And so we've been really excited to, to see what they're going to do. And there have been some subtle changes so far this year. And, you know, they've kind of got a, a – Chase Carey has said that he's got a five-year plan, Les. And so they're, the, the things they're implementing are, are noticeable but not – uh, I'd say evolutionary rather than revolutionary. So, Well, to me, the spectrum of what is already starting to show up, and I'll say the one thing I really enjoy are the top three qualifier interviews you see down on the track just yep. after qualifying. That's a great I, I example. I like that. Uh, it's a little more exposure to these drivers and uh, to get to know them just a little bit better. Yeah, that's a great example. And just little things, too, from – showing the miles per hour instead of just kilometers per hour. Because, you know, you're always doing the math in your head. You can do it, but, you know, you know the big ones, like 200 miles an hour is about 320 kilometers an hour, and you know all those, but it's just nice to have, to see when they're going through a corner at 120 miles an hour instead of, you know, because some of those numbers are just hard to convert. So little things like that. Um, more and more G-force use in that. I like that. Oh, yeah. I love. I'm waiting to see what's going to happen here. We're, we already saw him hit. Uh, it was over four Gs at one point this year. I think it was almost five. They yeah, said it was. I saw. You know, they they show the little meter, and so you, they don't. I don't know if they show the exact number, but it was uh, close to closer to five than four. Four. You know, uh, closer to five Gs instead of four. So, um, some of the other things that they have done, they've they've relaxed the social media rules, and you know, teams had previously been barred from uh, sharing any footage. From during a Formula One session, whether that be the race, qualifying, or practice. Well, and, even, you know, remember uh, Lewis Hamilton kind of got a little uh, finger shake in his face for Snapchatting from the paddock. It, it's just, really? It was really just ridiculous, right? So now teams can share videos from the paddock and social media. Now they're, you know, they can't put up, uh, there's certain things they can't do to and, and protect the investment of the broadcasters, and that's the way certainly. it should be. That's the way it should be. So that's cool. And and one of, the, one of the, speaking of social media, I really wanted to focus on YouTube because I don't know if you know this, but they didn't even have a YouTube account until 2015. Formula One didn't. So it's not exactly which, ahead of the curve, which seems just insane considering the way television is going now. You're hearing about uh, NFL ratings, right? Now, I'm not going to get into any, any of the political stuff that happened today on the NFL, but but the NFL is is not in a free fall, uh, but they're in a pretty it's a it's a a ratings crisis I'd call it because they're down like fifteen percent. And as we know here in the United States, NFL is the three hundred pound gorilla. Well, Formula One didn't even have a uh, what I was leading. What I was getting at is that television's changing, right? 
And YouTube is one of those huge factors in the change of television. Like my 19-year-old does not watch television. He watches YouTube. That's what. That's where he gets his video entertainment. He's is yeah. probably 80% from YouTube. My girls YouTube. Are, are watching YouTube, Amazon, Netflix, et cetera. I mean, that, that's generally where they get everything. In. And, you know, I'm starting to come around that way myself, uh, looking to figure out how to duplicate what I'm getting on cable. With my select packages, you know, that are heavy. You and everybody sports. else, everyone How to get there. is having that conversation. Jonathan just went through that same whole rigmarole, as we used to say. But so in February of 15 is when Formula One launched their YouTube site. Well, they, over the last, they didn't put much on there. It was kind of ridiculous. You know, they were, they were averaging back, you know, since they launched it and until Liberty took over, they were probably averaging, uh, 200 subscribers a day because they weren't putting anything up there. It was kind of dumb. I was like, what, what, you know, no one wanted to go see. For a worldwide entity like that. Yeah. And then, so when Liberty took over, uh, starting this year, the subscribers started spiking where now they average on a race weekend, they're averaging new subscribers about uh, 1,500 subscribers every weekend. And there's some big spikes. Yeah, so, uh, and, you know, they've had weekends where they've had 10,000 subscribers added to their YouTube account. So their their um, their growth is phenomenal, right? So it's going uh, sky high. And, it's, and, of course, so are the daily views and all those other statistics that would go along with that. But more importantly, it, the, from this discussion, is the content they're putting up there. They're putting up a full race highlight uh, video every week after the race. And, and, you know, it's, it's a great way to catch up. Uh, to me, what I like to do is I like to watch it after the race. I've already watched the whole race, but I'll go back and watch the whole highlights. And it's several minutes long, and it's a really cool to just rewatch the race. And, I, in fact, sometimes I'll watch it two or three times in a week, you know, just yeah. whether it's on my phone at lunch or, you know, any, any catch time. Catch the highlights yeah, and things just, like that. You know, and, and it really does. It goes back to Bernie Ecclestone's view of social media and what was involved with things like that. And, you know, we've talked about that, and but it always <laughs> makes me kind of fondly remember my father who at 90 years old would print out an email and sit in his chair and read the email. <laughs> dad, that's part of the reason it's in an email. <laughs> my brother, who's a lot younger than your dad, did the same thing for many years. He would have his staff print his emails and bring them to him. I was like, dude, come on. All right, so I'm going to move down the list of things I wanted to, to talk about the changes in uh, F1 since Liberty Media. Obviously, the social media is a, a big one, right? Uh, you know, they started with some fan fests, right, like we had here. Right. They did one in the Spanish, Spanish Grand Prix, and then they had the big event at Silverstone. That was a huge success. And I think uh, I was looking at who was, how many people were watching that live, of course, on YouTube. And it was I don't remember, but it was a big number that were watching that on YouTube. And, and that was a big, you know, they had all the cars running through in London. Wasn't that a cool event? Oh, I thought it was great. I thought it was great. And I'd love to see, you know, what was done here before the track was completed. Red Bull doing donuts out by the Capitol and they had some cool, you know, scenes going out and ultimately getting on the property before it was even finished. But I'd love to see that come back. We saw it with the Infinities and, you know, the Red Bull team out there playing on Congress Avenue. Congress yeah. Avenue is one of our central business streets here in Austin, and it goes up to the Texas State Capitol. It's, you know, it's a cool scene. You can imagine that with some race cars playing around. But uh, I totally agree, you know, 
having that type of interaction before the race. I'd like to see that again around here. Another one that I want to talk about is marketing. You know, before Formula One, and, and all stems goes back to the social media and stuff, mar marketing. And, you know, there was almost no evidence of marketing activity by the old regime, right? It's just crazy. And that's it's changing and it's getting better race to race. And you know, you'll see more and more of that. But another big one is paddock passes. Uh, Bernie Ecclestone used to say that his idea was that he, he kept people out of the paddock and the more exclusive and an elite the sport would appear. Yeah, there's there's definitely, I understand that and I believe that. I mean, you and I it's saw downright this. snobby. <laughs> yeah, we saw this from day one. It was like, uh, it, you felt like you were getting into Fort Knox, getting into the paddock at F1. And I get it. I want it to be good security, and I, but it doesn't need to be over the top, you know? Let, oh, sure. Uh, one example, you know, we... We know Coda like the backside of our hand. And I've got this one little path that I take. If the paddock is full, I, I take a secret little path that to avoid avoids it. a lot of it, which yeah. you know, means I go vertical and go down the garage buildings on the walkway up, and I come back down on the far end in, a, in one of the exit hallways. Well, I did that, and, you know, realize in these, if you've ever worked in a high-security employer or worked in one of those buildings, you have your little badge, and you got a badge in and out of the doors and things like that. So same thing in an F1 paddock. I go badge in, I go upstairs, I get on that walkway, and I zip, and I go down, and I come down the hallway stairs and down through the stairwell. I step <laughs> outside the door, and there's a badge reader right there. I go ahead and, you know, you know bells and alarms go off, and the guy's immediately confronts me and he's because you didn't follow big, the correct path a big foreigner no yeah. actually he said you know he took my badge and he looked at it and he checked it and it's like okay it's it's valid and everything why did it just go off how did you get here yeah because you went and i explained i said yeah. i do this at these races all the time here to avoid the crowd right here and i pointed to him and he just goes oh no he yeah. goes somewhere you missed a badge reader he goes, you should have been read on your way in. I said, no, I hadn't been read on my way in. Told him how I did it, and he goes, we'll take care of that. <laughs> Please well, that, go back the way you came from. <laughs> a great example. So that's just going to get better that's and better this year. That's how tight that is. And, and hopefully that's going to get better and better for more fans, you know, like maybe better access on on uh, Friday for yeah, fans. Friday and Saturday, I'd love to see more folks get in there. You know, Sunday is when all the movie stars and all that crowd come. But I would love for y'all to be in there with us. Get them in there on Friday, out, yeah. You know, cool, look behind the scenes, you know, offer a Friday paddock pass, you know, with uh, with maybe some of the reserved seats kind of thing. Yep, and uh, and hopefully we're just going to see more and more of this. But there's a lot more changes to come from Liberty Media, hopefully, and everything. You know, they've talked about uh, another race in the United States. That's definitely on the burner. And the way that Chase Carey addressed that, he's saying, look, we're, we definitely want to do that, but we don't want to, we want to be smart with every step we take. And that's a big one. So, um, I think that's great. Yeah. You, you know, uh, you, you don't want to throw everything out there at one time. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and take a break. When we come back, Les has got a, a, a some Formula One stories that he wants to talk about. We're also going to talk about MotoGP because they were in Aragon. But as we go to break here, I want to play you one of the YouTube. This is cut up just a little bit, but it's one of the the audio from one of the YouTube videos that Formula One puts out. What's and, the account name of it? Uh, I believe it's just here. I've got it up. I think it's just slash F1. Um, yeah, it's just Formula One. So as we as we go to break here, this is 
this is the best of the race audio. In other words, the team's communicating with the cars, and they put this out every week. So we're going to play this on the way to break, and, uh, and and we'll come back, and we'll talk some more Formula 1, some MotoGP. You listen to Speed City in Austin, Texas. Did we beat the McLaren or not? You're in front of both McLarens. Excellent work. Yeah, baby, in your face. Superb job, Nico, superb. Three one, Sebastian, pole position. Nice one, nice one. Yes! Ragazzi, che grande! Oh, I the ball badly. Out of 19, but I had to go for it. Grazie. Oh, I got damage, got damage. Oh! Yeah. Yeah, no idea. Are you okay, mate? Yeah, I'm okay, but it's just ridiculous. Yeah, it's Bun lost the car. I think I have damage on the. Yeah, big damage. Big damage on the side pod. Stop the car. Stop the car. Are you sure? Yes, we know we are of water pressure. I confirm I stopped the car, correct? Yes, stop the car now. Okay, sorry guys. Easy wrong. Sorry, I'm really sorry. Well done, Chili. Well done. Next target, Van Dorn. Leave me alone, leave me alone. I need full focus, guys. Don't talk to me. Has everyone changed tires except me? Not sure that was a good idea, is it? Presso il button, presso il button. Come on, shut up. Slow down, slow down. We have lost him. M2K, slow down. Oh, sick. Guys, what can I say? <laughs> what a turnaround today. Fantastic job with the strategy. Thank you so much for all the hard work and you can continue to believe in me. What a great day. Vai, vai, cavolo. I4, Carlos. Boom, shakalaka. Grand vamos, 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 vamos. Toma, toma. Toma. The racetrack, it's where legends are born, where only the finest machines earn their reputation for innovation and dominance. Such are the nameplates you'll find at Aston Martin of Austin, Lotus of Austin, Bentley Austin and Rolls-Royce Motorcars. Austin exotic, iconic automobiles, whose racing heritage turns everyday driving into an inspiring journey, because you're never just along for the ride. Highway 183 north of McNeil Road. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself, Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. Envia Gusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only Envia Gusta and Ducati factory authorized technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutali Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by Envia Gusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the World Supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 Envy Augusta.
Italian style with Texas soul. Trade-in, consignments welcome and financing available. To Caddy Austin and the home of MV Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I-35. Talk 1370. Hi, this is Mario Andretti and this is Speed City. Sammy Hagar. That's cool. I knew we had to add this to our music after he came to Coda a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. All right. So we were talking Formula One. I hope you guys like that little clip we played at the end because they, they oh, do the radio the, outtakes. Yeah. The radio. Chakalaka. Because <laughs> it's really cool. And check out the F1 YouTube. But uh, we're going to talk some more Formula One because Les wants to talk about his particular topic of Formula One this week. Hey, what do you got, so, Les? So, you know, uh, my favorite sports car. You know which company that is. <laughs> yes. Uh, Mr. Porsche boy. Oh, yeah. You know, I, there's a lot of rumors going on. And, in fact, I spoke to one of the Porsche team members uh, here at the Le Mans about it. And he said, you know, that the rumor about Porsche and F1, what is this? He goes, it's real. He goes, but it's probably not what you think. He said, Porsche is stepping away from the Le Mans prototype racing to uh, focus on a couple of things. And, for one... The electric vehicle that they're going to bring out, which is cool. That's a whole nother story. All electric, not hybrid. All electric, all electric. And so uh, really what they are looking at doing, the German company is entering Formula One, not as a full-fledged car, not anything like that, but as an engine supplier uh, based on the 2021 regulations. Are they sure they want to do this after Honda's? Yeah, <laughs> but, but you know, that's one of those things. It's not necessarily a given that they will be an engine provider. What they are doing is they're providing consulting to FIA. Uh, they were invited into FIA, and they're participating in the discussions about future powertrains, Formula One being the obvious one. But uh, also, just with their obvious success in Le Mans prototype, with the 919, they've got a lot of head start on a lot of companies when you're talking about performance from that. And so this is where they are working throughout at Wysock, and they are not necessarily working on an F1 engine at the moment, but more working on the high efficiency of an engine concept and how to tie it in with uh multiple technologies, so essentially hybrids, and how are some creative ways of doing that. Now, the, comp now, the uh, company, Porsche, has already commented that they're going to Formula E. So that's looking really good for the uh, 2019 is when that's looking towards. So, again, headed towards Formula E, 100% electric, how they use it, generate it, conserve it, et cetera. Uh, obviously, is something that they're looking at. So that's going to be really exciting. And, and you know, um, I and I, you know, I know I've kind of poo pooed on Formula E some because I I don't like the fan boost, the the tenth grade you yeah. know popularity contest voting stuff. But uh, I think Porsche can bring something to it. Well, I I know that uh, you know I, as as much as gearheads as we are, I I know that uh, electric vehicles. I think we're about, I may have said this on the show recently, but I think we're about to see kind of a tidal wave of electric vehicles. I really, and, and if you follow the industry closely, that's you're going to say, yeah, duh. But, but I think it's really going to be bigger and faster than we all expect. You know, that's what it was. We said this uh, with Andrew Craig from World Endurance Championship out at the circuit on our, our show out there on the PA system. But 
I think it's going to be a big tidal wave of electric vehicles, and you're going to see more and more of it. So Porsche, to me, this is a natural step for them is to go do take it to the test bed. I agree. You know, one of the things, the concept vehicle that they're messing with now is called the Mission E. And imagine, if you will, a, a, a Tesla, but with a Porsche personality and character to yeah. it. And so uh, they're like headed the that, that way. Yeah, I definitely do. You know, I my frustration with the Tesla since the first was that uh, I feel like it was a, a, you know, and yes, I'm good friends with the local Mazda dealer, but <laughs> it w- just looks like a regular Mazda four-door. You know, I, I just saw that in the design, and uh, it wasn't as exciting as the technology and everything about the Tesla does. I mean, you know, the, the performance acceleration, the electronic technology, all of that. I, I just think it needs more G-Wiz cool factor to it. Yeah. Well, having uh, the success that Porsche had stepping back into the World Endurance Championship where they quickly went to the top and were champions, uh, I don't really expect any less of... If they do step into F1 engine manufacturing, uh, I would expect them to be pretty successful pretty fast. Now, I know that's a whole new ballgame. I know it... I mean, look, Honda's Honda's a huge company. They're, you know, they... they uh, they and, and they've had really a lot of trouble, let's face it. So but I don't know. I just feel like Porsche would step in and <laughs> and do really well with, with engine technology and Formula One. So I'd be really excited to see that. I hope it happens. Well, you know, I think that's really exciting. I find it interesting that they were invited by FIA to come in and help work on these, uh, the designs and the capabilities, how to control them, how to offer improvements. But uh, I kind of blew by the Porsche Mission E car. Like I said, this is rumored to uh, actually make it to production, hopefully in 2019. 100% electric, approximately 590 horsepower, electric horsepower, and uh, 0 to 60 speculated at a low three second. Not bad. Tesla does that. But, you know, this Tesla's is faster than that. Yeah, actually, Tesla's actually is faster than that. We're getting into the ludicrous mode nowadays. But uh, think about that, you know, a four or five passenger car, a little bit different personality if you're not into the Tesla uh, personality that it comes with. The graphics they show, good looking cars. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and play an interview that we have done with Joseph Newgarden. We're going to play we're going to play a portion of it because we have a long interview we did. We put it up on our YouTube and SoundCloud account. Well, we're going to play uh, this clip, this interview with Joseph right after he came off of uh, the podium winning the championship in IndyCar last week. And here's Joseph Newgarden. Okay, Speed City fans, I am delighted to welcome to the show once again Joseph Newgarden, who I know he's going to like the sound of this, is the new IndyCar champion. I mean, I know you've done a bunch of interviews and I'm sure you're exhausted, Joseph, but has it sunk in now? You know, it has just a bit. Um, I, it took me a, a good cool down lap. Uh, you know, once I finally got to the interview process, I felt like that was the time I, I felt like we'd won the championship. It, you know, it was something we achieved and it was over and done with. So um, unbelievable day. You know, it was so cool to be able to do this with Team Penske. And, and it was a lot of work. I, I haven't slept in the last week, I'll be honest with you. So I'm, I'm excited it's over and done with. I'll bet. Um, somebody asked me how exciting the race was, and I said, well, actually, it wasn't that exciting unless you were Joseph Newgarden. Um, <laughs> because, um, I mean, give me an idea of, I mean, you were, I saw the interviews before the race. You looked pretty relaxed, and you said, look, I'm just going to treat it 
like any other race, but it wasn't any other race. It's true. I mean, you know, for me, I think that was the the best defense is is uh, an offense. To be honest with you, so you got to be aggressive. You got to be offensive. You got to try and uh, you got to try and just do what you've done in other races to to win them. Um, you know, but then obviously for this race, there's also some points involved that you got to start thinking about. You got to st- you got to think about the championship. So, I think my mentality going into it was treated as a normal race, and then as it starts to develop, let's start let's start playing the points out and see see what's going on, and then put you know a couple pieces together. All right. Well, so we have that entire interview with Joseph Newgarden up on both our YouTube channel and our SoundCloud account. So check us out. Uh, check it out because it, it was really exciting to have a young American win the IndyCar championship and and he asked the question specifically, what's it you know are you ready to take the flag for America in IndyCar and so so go to our uh, our, our different outlets YouTube and SoundCloud and check that out but we're gonna go ahead and take a break and when we come back we're gonna get try to get Jeremy Shaw on the phone because he's just coming off the air out of the IMSA race and. And after that, we're going to have a little more discussion about flat track. So you listen to Speed City live from Austin, Texas, back after these messages. If you've ridden motorcycles in this part of the country for long, no doubt you know of Bud's Motorcycle Shop. Bud left this world a while back, but his legendary Harley service rides on. No longer is Bud's in downtown Austin. It is now Ravel's Heavy Duty, and they've moved out by the Formula One track. You'll see all the familiar faces, so bring in your new, used, and abused. But there's no sign of shiny showroom prices. So check it out at RavelsHeavyDuty.com. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. This is David Hobbs, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back. When we went to break, we had played a clip from uh, Joseph Dugarden, fresh off his new IndyCar championship. That's pretty cool to say, isn't it? Young American. Oh, yeah. And so speaking of young Americans, we have... somebody that helps get them there. That's cool. We got the man when it comes to getting young Americans moving up the ladders, and we're really excited to welcome back to Speed City, Jeremy Shaw. Jeremy, how are you? Hey, John. I am fantastic. Thank you very much indeed. I would imagine you're probably exhausted. You've been calling the IMSA race out there in Monterey at Mazda Raceway, haven't you? I certainly have. It was a sensational race, too, so I've not got much of a voice left. But, (laughs) uh, yeah, a lot of fun. (laughs) Well, yeah, get us up to speed on that a little bit. uh, Because I know that uh, Mazda Raceway is both of our, one of our favorites as well. Yeah, it's great, great racetrack here. Fantastic race, two hours, 40-minute race. There was one brief caution period about halfway through, but just a great fight, fight to the end. And uh, Renga van der Zander for the VisitFlorida.com team. Boy, they've had all sorts of dramas this season. But uh, a magnificent pass by van der Zander on Dane Cameron, 
just a few laps from the end. I mean, it was an Alex Zanardi pass going into the <laughs> corkscrew. No compromise, fantastic move, and that won in the race. Really emotional uh, time, victory for that team. They've had an awful time, and Florida, of course, has had a horrible time as well. So, boy, they really needed it. Well, Ringer is a great guy. We had him on the show yeah. not too long ago. Really nice guy. Couldn't, couldn't be more excited for him. That's awesome. Yeah, it really was. I mean, he, he just, he, he wasn't to be denied. It was a brilliant performance by that team and just a, he just grabbed the ball by the uh, scruff of the neck and, and took the win. Super. Well, so Jeremy, I, I want to ask you about, uh, I want to start with asking you about about uh, Joseph Newgarden because we just played an interview that we did with him. We, we got an interview with him right after the race last weekend and he was just on a high and and we had asked him everything from, you know, how was it the race? And But one of the big questions we asked him was just, is he ready to carry the, the flag for the United States in IndyCar? But I, I want you to to talk about that, but I also want to talk about you. T- tell us your history with Joseph Newgarden and, and with Team USA and everything. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, the, the Team USA scholarship is just a, a program to help out young drivers in early stage in their career. Been running it since 1990. Jimmy Vassar was the first winner that year. Brian Herter won it in 91. A whole bunch of other guys since then who've all gone to, on to great things. And uh, J- Joseph becomes the second guy to win the uh, IndyCar Championship after Jimmy. Um, Buddy Rice won the Indy 500. He's a, a, a scholarship winner. Uh, it's been a great season. And Joseph, he and Connor Daly were the two winners in 2008. They went over to England. Uh, they were aged 17 and 18, respectively, I think. And uh, Joseph won the Formula Ford Festival. Uh, Connor Daly won the uh, Walter Hayes Trophy, which is a, a big Formula Ford race also at the end of the year with more than 100 cars there. Uh, and it was a brilliant year all the way around. And both of those two, you've made it to the, to the top levels of the sport. And Joseph, as you say, just won the championship. But it was apparent right from the beginning he was a star in and out of the car, which is what I want, which I'm looking for to help, you know, for these guys to help along the ladder. Yeah, Jeremy, talk about that because how do I get on your radar, Jeremy? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you've got to be basically uh, young, American, and talented. Check, check. So that's oh, how you dang in it. Or out. <laughs> <laughs> well, but it's, you know, it's, it's in and out of the car. I mean, they've got to have the skills behind the wheel, uh, but they've also, I'm looking for people who are, you know, likely, that for, for the, the scholarship is, is likely to help them get a leg up or, you know, find, open some doors to them so they can move on in the sport. Okay, well, I'm serious. So, which of the series do you actually look at when you're scouting? Uh, yeah, I'm looking at it, it's grassroots. I'm looking for for guys that are starting out in the first you know, year or two of their career. Uh, it's obviously it's geared towards open wheel initially, but uh, but I'm also I've also considered sports car guys in the past as well. Uh, this year, you know, the, the drivers are come, they come out of SCCA, they come out of of uh, the F1600 Championship, which is the next step from Formula Ford, now running with a Honda Fit engine, but a super competitive open-wheel championship. Uh, Formula Four, the the, uh, the series there that Carl uh, Kirkwood has just won. He was a Team USA Scholarship winner last year. Yeah, coming here to Austin um, again. They were here, yeah. Yeah, that's right. They, yeah, he clinched the championship there last weekend. Uh, Jake Loomis uh, is, is one of the candidates for this year. He's been racing in that championship as well. Um, but, uh, you know, all sorts of different grassroots things that the Lucas oil race, Lucas oil school of racing that has its own little formula, formula car series. It's kind of the, it's taken over 
from the Skip Barber Racing School, which uh, for many, many years was you know, the way to get started in open wheel racing. They have a, a competitive open wheel championship. That's what jo- Joseph Newgarden, Connor Daly, Connor Filippi, a whole bunch of guys came through that uh, over the last, well, 15, 20 years. I mean, even, even, even Brian Hurley came through that you know, back in the, uh, in the early, ni- in the early 90s. So uh, that, that, that's the Skip Barber School, unfortunately, has bitten the dust. Skip, Skip Barber himself sold it many, many years ago, by the way. But that school has now, unfortunately, fallen by the wayside. But the Lucas Oil School of Racing has picked up the slack. And a couple of the kids who've been under consideration came through that this year. This year. Yeah, that's, uh, that's too bad about Skip Barber. I actually went through one yeah. of the three-day race schools many, many, Willow, many, many, yeah, Willow Springs Raceway many, many years yeah. ago. But, uh, well, Jeremy, talk about the off-track things because to me there's yeah. so many aspects to that the maturity the work ethic uh i mean being able to communicate uh there's so many as- facets to the off-track aspects of what is going to be a successful race driver because i mean we've seen we've all seen race drivers that have enough talent they can be a complete jerk they can be they don't even have to be have the best work ethic or whatever just like any other sport but i i think today it's less and less of that you see and more and more of a complete package. But talk about all those different aspects of young drivers you look for. Yeah, hugely, hugely important. Uh, hugely important. Because, um, you know, if, if you don't, if, if you've got the money, you can do what you like. Uh, but if you haven't, and most, most of the talented kids don't, then they've <laughs> got to have those other skills. You know, I, what I do, I, I identify 10 or 12 youngsters who, who are, kind of initial candidates for the program. What I did this year and what I've done for the last several years, I invite them to a race meeting this year, as it's been in the past. It was at Mid-Ohio for the IndyCar weekend. Uh, We had 10 kids there. They're they're sort of embedded with different teams during the weekend. They all spent at least one session with an IndyCar team during a session with a headset on the engineering stand. So that's a great insight for them. They also did the same with some Mazda Road to Indy teams, either in USF 2000 or Pro Mazda or Indy Lights. Uh, and then the Pirelli World Challenge was there as well that weekend. And you know, they spent some time with Patrick Long at Wright Motorsports in the Porsche uh, camp. They also spent some time with Flying Lizard work, looking around the McLarens there as well. So, you know, it's a good I- immersion into the sport for those kids. And then in the evening, on Friday evening, they were all interviewed. We had a panel of judges. Uh, Patrick Long was part of that panel. Spencer Piggott was part of the panel. Joseph was there for a while, New Garden. Uh, Mike Hull from Target Chip Ganassi Racing. Chris Wheeler from Bell uh, USA. Uh, uh, John Boonen was there from Mazda. T.E. McHale from Honda. I mean, a huge panel, a panel of experts covering all different aspects of the industry. And they, we interviewed each of the candidates. And then from there... Yeah, we, we whittled it down to six for a shootout that took place a couple of weeks ago. Um, so, you know, they've, they've got to excel in front of that panel of people. And not only have they got to excel, but it's a good opportunity to them, even if they're not selected, they've now met all those people. And they're going to be really <laughs> useful contacts as yeah. they move forward with their careers. Yeah, that's, that's really fascinating, this whole process. And, Jeremy, you, you, you know, everybody in the sport knows Jeremy Shaw because of what he's done for these young drivers and, of course, all your fantastic commentary you do. And, uh, but it's really, Jeremy, it's really – got to thank you for this. And, and, and I want to promote some of your stuff here. You know, the Team USA Scholarship is teamusascholarship.org. And, of course, on Twitter, it's Team USA School. And of course, Jeremy's uh, Twitter account is Jeremy Shaw Racer, 
And Jeremy, I, I, I want to thank you for coming on the show, of course, but I want to thank you for everything else you do. And uh, anything else you want to talk about before we get off here? we got another minute or so. I, I know you, uh, you're out there in Monterey, but uh, what else you got? Well, no, just very quickly, I mean, it, it, yes, yes, I coordinate the whole thing, but it, it's the support of the industry that makes it all happen. I don't have the money. Um, so, you know, there's a whole bunch of people that put, 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 put the money forward for this. One of the big contributors is the Road Racing Drivers Club, which has been around this sport since, since the 60s. And what the Road Racing Drivers Club now is, they mentor young drivers. That's always been part of the club's DNA. And they have this program called safeisfast.com. And for young drivers, it's a great resource uh, to learn different aspects of the sport. Safeisfast.com. Uh, but there's many other co- contributors as well. You know, Doug Mocky, the various vintage, is a vintage racer. Uh, Honda, Mazda, Chip Ganassi Racing, Team Penske, they all put in some money. They make this program possible. So it's a, uh, And Sparco awesome. and Bell Helmets. It's all these people that make the program possible. That's, that's fantastic. You know, we, one more question for you, Jeremy. I, you know, here at Circuit of the Americas, we had the F4 championship come through with the World Endurance Championship, you know, the, the Lone Star Le Mans weekend. It was really awesome seeing these, these young kids in these cars, and they're coming back for Formula One, which is really incredible that these guys, these young kids are going to be sharing the, sharing the racetrack with the best of the best. Uh, but also, there's the Coda is putting together their own. They have some F4 cars stashed away, and they're going to be launching a school, and I don't know all the details of this yet, but uh, they're going to be launching this next year, and that's going to be really exciting. And I'm certain if they're smart, they'll call up Jeremy Shaw and get his opinion on how that thing should go. Sounds good. Hopefully <laughs> it is. <laughs> All right, Jeremy Shaw, thank you for coming on the show. We appreciate it. And have a good uh, – go relax after spending a whole day on the microphones out there. Thanks very much, man. Great to speak to you, and uh, good luck with the rest of the show. All right, Travel thanks, safe, Jeremy. Buddy. Talk to you soon. All right, well, we're going to go ahead and go to break now. When we come back, we're going to try to squeeze in a couple of things. We've got uh, MotoGP that we really haven't gotten a chance to talk about all the way yet, so we're going to have that and uh, a little flat track action. Listen to Speed City live from Austin, Texas, back after these messages. Augusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only MV Augusta and Ducati factory authorized technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutali Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by MV Augusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the World Supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 MV Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade-in, consignments welcome and financing available. To Caddy Austin and the home of MV Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I-35. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. The Racetrack. It's where legends are born. 
where only the finest machines earn their reputation for innovation and dominance. Such are the nameplates you'll find at Aston Martin of Austin, Lotus of Austin, Bentley Austin and Rolls-Royce Motorcars. Austin exotic, iconic automobiles whose racing heritage turns everyday driving into an inspiring journey because you're never just along for the ride. Highway 183 north of McNeil Road. Here, when you need us, Talk 1370 is the right choice. Hi, this is Jeff Gordon, and you're listening to Speed City. All right, we're going to jump right into it. we got one last segment and a lot to get in. So I want to start with a story that we found out, and we have an interview that we don't, we're not going to play it tonight because we don't have time, but uh, we have an Austinite who is becoming, a, he didn't start racing until he was in his 30s and has done a fantastic job. Which is less than three years ago. Right, less than three years ago. And, and Les, why don't you tell this story because hey, you, so, uh, you know him better than I do. So Will Hardman, you know, Austinite, we love the story. When Circuit Americas came up, it piqued his interest about motorsports. What's going on out there at the noisy 1,100 acres? And uh, he jumped in and... You know, before he got in a legitimate race car, the most competitive thing he told me he had ever done was ride around on the little go-kart in the <laughs> yard kind of thing. And so, Briggs and Stratton. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so he takes off from there. He winds up getting into the Porsche uh, GT series with cup guys and things like that. More speed. You've heard us uh, with advertising here. David Moore, Price Cobb, and in fact, Earl Bamber comes in. And works with it. And factory, that's the factory Porsche driver in the World Endurance Championship. Exactly. Yeah. Earl, not Earl just Bamber, <laughs> who you saw on podium last week. Uh, World champion Earl yeah. Bamber. Let's clarify. So uh, so Earl's got his own swagger. He's headed to the Blaupin series this weekend, and he's short a bronze driver. He's got to have one for the Pro-Am race. One pro, that's Earl. That's easy to pick out. He can take any bronze level they still consider it amateur driver. He goes, well, there's only one guy in the world. The best one in the world is out of Texas, Will Hardeman. Wow. So <laughs> Will goes from hanging out around this area to shooting over there in China and running that race with Earl. Uh, in the first race. But let's pause there. He said, ahead. I can have any driver, any bronze driver in the world, and he chose Will Hardeman, a local guy. Austin. Exactly. So, you know, hey, there's still dreams yeah. that come true. So uh, in the first race of the weekend, they take out and go from about like eighth to fourth before the fourth turn, <laughs> at which point a car spins in front of them and just spins just the right timing to clip Will's rear spoiler and break it. And he continues and finishes. Well, second race these guys are out there they wind up finishing second for an overall finish of fourth place their first time in the blah pan wow that's awesome and so we got to get will hardeman back on the gonna, show we're gonna get will and, yeah. and the more speed crowd back around the microphone some but uh, congrats to earl huge congrats to will what, what a debut on the global set there yeah we'll get him on the show all right let's talk moto gp because they were in aragon this weekend and it was the the amazing story was of course valentino rossi breaking his leg in two places 23 days ago and comes out qualifies what third and comes out today and looked fantastic and ended up 
uh, finishing fifth, which, I mean, honestly, let's face it, he has, uh, you've got to have fatigue issues and all the other things. So it was really pretty amazing to watch him come back and do that. And, of course, it was a great race, too. You know, we came into the weekend, of course, with Marquez and Davicioso, uh, Marquez on Honda, Davicio on Ducati, you know, running neck and neck for the championship. And, uh, and of course, both those guys were – Marquez actually started pretty slow. And Davicioso was battling for the podium at the beginning of the race. But he started dropping back. He had apparently this soft or maybe ultra soft rear tire – and he was blazing fast. Of course, the Ducatis are always fast in the straight line, and he was looking good. But as the race went on, you could tell he started to struggle with that soft rear tire and started to drop back. But yeah. but Marquez did quite the opposite and ended up uh, ended up winning the race and taking a lead in the championship. It was a really great race to watch with Marquez struggling at the beginning. And, and in fact, we got a couple of interviews that I want to play here, a couple of clips, and... Uh, in fact, let's start with the Marquez because he talks exactly like about that, about his struggles at the beginning, how he how he moves on in the race. This is Mark Marquez. Today, you know, it was so difficult race. Uh, since the beginning, honestly, I didn't feel good with the bike. I don't know why. Uh, maybe the tires, maybe the bike, maybe the the feeling, maybe myself. I don't know, but I wasn't feeling good. But the fact to to race uh, here in uh, Aragon, one of my favorite circuits, in front of our fans, I say okay. Uh, we try, we try, I give everything because I, f- I saw that uh, Vinales and Dobby was, uh, were struggling a little bit and I said, okay, it's time to try to open that small advantage and, uh, and yeah, we get it, these 25 points difficult race, but uh, in the end uh, you saw on the TV, I was fighting against the bike <laughs> all the race Yeah, it was, uh, it was he was fighting, but it, it's, uh, it was obviously a great race, and he ended up doing a classic Marquez thing where he had a couple of moments during the race and, yeah. uh, and ended up winning. It is, you know, and I enjoyed watching. I was watching the strategy not only of Marquez, but watching the guys as they manage their tires up front. And, uh, you know, certainly I wanted to see Rossi at least maintain and, and land on the podium. What a spectacular, you know, race he had himself anyway. But uh, you're right, the endurance for Rossi was tough. Uh, tire management was a big part of it. Yeah. Well, I, speaking of Rossi, I want to play his post-race interview because Valentino Rossi had, uh, I don't know, it, you're just here because it's classic Valentino Rossi. Yes, I'm, I'm very, very happy and very proud of, of the work because uh, uh, one week ago, I don't know if uh, I can race. And, uh, but coming better every day and uh, yesterday was great. Start from the front row. We know that in the race we have to suffer. We have to suffer a bit more. A bit more, but anyway, it was a great race because I did a great start, and I fight for the first position for all the first part. Uh, at the end, we suffer a little bit the, the degradation of the rear tire, and also I was tired and I feel some some pain. But uh, closing the top five uh, for sure is is a great result, and I'm I'm so happy. Pretty cool, you know. You realize that he's he missed those races. He was out for uh, what twenty three days. He was it was in between. Sure. He's still sitting fifth in the championship right now. The championship is Marquez at two hundred twenty four uh, points. Andrea Divisioso, who he started neck and neck with today, is down to two hundred eight after finishing seventh today. And Maverick Vinales, who was the the guy at the beginning of the season. Remember, at the first few races, we thought, man, is Maverick Vinales going to run away with this thing? And he's sitting in third with one hundred ninety six. So really. Those three guys are still, you know, that's still neck and neck. And speaking of Maverick Vinales, let's go ahead and play the clip uh, of his post-race interview, this Maverick Vinales. 
The hard tire for us was working really bad, especially the first laps. But then it was working quite well at the end. Uh, not a special grip, but was improving lap by lap. But anyway, it was not enough. Uh, our pack at the moment is not at the same level than the others, so we have to work even harder on the on the practice, trying to improve more. It was very difficult to understand which tire we could use. You know, for example, other races was quite clear because we could do many laps on the tires and we know which way to go. But here it was very difficult. Uh, I tried to use the the same tires of the opponents. I know. Normally, Valentino have a good feeling with tires, so he pushed for the heart. And finally, for the next races, we have to try to work even more on Friday. Well, it was a, it was a fun weekend watching MotoGP. Um, we, there's lots more to talk about Moto2, Moto3. Oh, yeah. And I, 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 I'm going to say it again. We've, we kind of brag on this, but I love the app, the MotoGP app and the access you get. It's not, only, not just the phone app, but the, the, the desktop version as you log into the browser because you can watch every bit of the race yep. I, I love the way they highlight the the spots in the race so you can go back and look at it all again it's really really cool but hey left we, we got to shift gears pun intended because you made, you made it up to the flat track race up in dallas and let's tell us about it you, you got an interview this here was too. the inaugural visit of the uh the american flat track racing and it was the indian motorcycle lone star national half mile race took place last night up at Texas Motor Speedway on their dirt track. And so, uh, you know, I it's know a, a lot separate, of y'all go, it's a separate facility right there on the big piece of property there. It's got its own grandstands and everything, it's right? It's got its own grandstands. Get this. You think this may not be that big a deal? About 8,000 people in the grandstands. Nice. The grandstands only hold 11. Cool. And it's uh, 11,000. So fantastic event. Uh, loved watching it. Uh, you know, be sure and check out the Facebook page for speed city you'll see some of the others but uh anyway you know we we had jake johnson uh from the boot camp that we've we've been trained by him a little bit when we go visit there the texas tornado Great guy yeah but uh i want to focus on shana texter because she is just catching the world by storm she's racing the pro singles and the pro single is a uh 450 size dirt bike and you know, set up for flat tracking, and these things scream. They're hundred mile per hour plus on this half mile oval with the tail end sideways, the tail end out <laughs> the entire. It's dominated by Harley and Indian, right? Harley and Indian. The 450 class though is different. The 450 is where you'll see the uh, the Hondas, the Kawasaki's, Ducati Scramblers, and the stuff. Indians Triumphs. Uh, the scramblers are too big in displacement force, and so uh, yeah, we'll uh, let's hear what Shana did. She had just stepped down from the podium, and uh, we've had we, she's been on Speed City before. But here's Shana. Shana, you've had quite a night. It wasn't easy though. Uh, Mr. Carlisle kept you honest on that. The track seemed slippery. Tell us about it. Yeah, I mean honestly, the entire field kept me honest. You know, everyone you know was within a tenth all day in times uh, from the front of the field to the back. So. It was such a challenging track. It um, was really slippery, dry. Um, it was more, you had to be kind of mentally stronger than, uh, you know, have the talent on the bike tonight. And it looked like you kind of paced yourself for a while before you really, uh, I guess, pulled the trigger, if you will, and uh, really got into it. Uh, I mean, I just tried to pace myself the entire race towards the end, you know, when you're counting down laps and, uh, you know, guys are getting closer, it gets a little bit harder and you start trying to, you know, kind of changing the way you're riding. And this track was more about throttle finessing and, and being easy on the throttle. And uh, that's 
I just kept telling myself. Towards the end, I got a little antsy a couple times, which I think helped them close the gap. But uh, we were able to secure the win, and that's all that matters. Absolutely. Honda's doing great. McElroy Packaging's being a great sponsor for you. We appreciate those support. What's next for your uh, next race? Yeah, I mean, Paris is next. It's uh, round 18 out of 18 of the championship. Uh, you know, it's been a rough championship a little bit just because I'm not really a good TT year. You know, we've won five races this year and uh, we didn't make a couple of those mains at the TT and then I had a flat tire at Williams Grove that cost us really hard in this championship. So we're down but we're not out. We're going to keep plugging along and uh, you know all we can do is just go out and try and win pairs. You got it. You know we're behind you. Good luck next race. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Yeah, there you go. And you know what? If you didn't make it, I'll say I saw a lot of text, uh, local folks there. Check it out on NBCSN coming up. They are uh, showing the entire season, they, so they'll be showing this one soon. So all of that crowd out there. Yeah, on September 28th. All right, got to wrap it up. Thanks for tuning in to Speed City tonight. Thanks to Matt, our intern, for putting lots of stuff together for us tonight. Check us out on our website, speedcitybroadcast.com, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud. Lots of content all week long. Talk to you next week. Ciao, y'all. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.